Meet other like-minded musicians who share the same passion as you, the future teachers, promoters, or music therapists. Applications open. Apply now. Study at the Academy of Music and Sound. You're listening to the Off The Record podcast with me, Kat, and my fantastic co-host, Verity, where we chat to young people in Scotland working in the music industry. And I am really looking forward to today's chat because the particular topic that we're talking about is a bit of a passion of mine. Verity, who's on the podcast today? So today we've got Andrew, who has founded Clyde Built Radio, which is a community radio station based in Glasgow in the Barras. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's basically a platform for young, fresh, new talent, big names to be showcased on the station. And yeah, we had a really great chat with Andrew. He's had a really interesting career in the music industry so far. Um, he founded the label Huntley and Palmer's, but we chat a lot about why he wanted to like open up a, a community radio station in Glasgow, which feels feels like it's a long time coming. So we chatted a lot about that and why community radio is so great, um, the Glasgow music scene compared to other places he's worked. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a really good chat. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, we're really, really glad to, I'm really excited to have you on because that I've got a love of radio and I work in radio. So for me, this is a really exciting chat. Um, but I want to know, where did that love of radio come from for you? Um, I was actually thinking about this in anticipation of being asked something along these lines. I always listened to radio when I was like from school, but like one one particular story that I, I was just thinking about the other day and I'd kind of forgotten about it, but when I was in high school in first year, like, I think, like, when you're in primary school, you kind of know everyone and, like, they're all just your pals and you're all just, there's no, like, cliques or anything like that. And then I think when you move to high school, you um, start to become aware of, like, different, everyone's got, like, different tastes and stuff like that, I suppose. And then people are, like, more, like, you're, so, you're like, interacting with people from different areas and people you didn't know before and all that sort of stuff. And I was definitely, like, cheekier and, like, showing off to the teachers and, like, new people and all that sort of stuff. So as a result of that, I was on a period by period. Is that, like, still a thing? I don't know. has got a different name now. But it's, like, the thing where you get, like, your teacher at the end of the class to give you, a, like, a report. And then you oh, have to get yeah. that, like, and then you have to, I think you have to, your guidance teacher, you had to get your parents to sign it every night, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that, anyway. Um, so I was on that for ages, and my parents, my dad, was like, you're not, you're grounded until you get off it, basically. So I was grounded for quite a long time. And um, <laughs> I listened to the radio, like, all the time during that period. Um, in Scotland, at that point, there was a radio station called Beat 106, which was just like a... I think they kind of build themselves as being like Scotland's like dance music station, and like they had DJs playing all day long. It was like a commercial radio station. I think it got bought over by like someone like um, like Kiss F, not Kiss FM, but someone like someone like that, kind of big like London sort of franchise kind of thing. Um, but yeah, anyway, they they were playing dance music all the time, and I was just at that age of like getting really into. That sort of music, and I, yeah, I became kind of obsessed with it. Um, and then alongside that, I was listening to Radio One, pretty like from from around that sort of age, like eleven, sort of twelve, thirteen, all the way through until like yeah, I guess I kind of stopped. I, I don't listen to Radio One as much, but I had it on for a long time anyway. 
So can you sp- explain just like a little bit about what Clay Built Radio is and why you wanted to set it up? <laughs> um, well, I guess I, I guess to continue like that like radio relationship over time, I um, I, I got I was like uh, music itself. I got more into got more into like going out to like as I was saying, I was listening to DJs a lot, so I was like desperate to start going to clubs and stuff like that. So by the time I was able to go. I was really interested in all the sort of behind the scenes stuff with clubs, like how it worked, like how people made money, like and I was aware that there was some kind of way of doing that, but I wasn't really sure. And like over time started to kind of like sort of um peek behind the curtain a bit more and kind of figure out that there is a way of doing that. Um so I used to put on parties for a long period of time, like ten years of putting on events. Um and then mm-hmm. Over that, and then I started a label during that period. And at some point during all of that, um, uh, so the original idea with the label was to like kind of be a bit more like behind the scenes and not, um, like, yeah, not be the face of the label or something like that. But I also was releasing a lot of music from artists from like different parts of the world, and it kind of needed some sort of um, something to stick all together. And I realized I was the person. So over time, I started to like put myself out there more as like a DJ. And then I started to get booked more and like radio came along again, uh, sort of into my life. And I started to do more like radio shows. Uh, originally, a, a community station in Berlin where I lived for a year, uh, Berlin Community Radio. And then um, came back to the UK. I was doing a show on uh, Rinse FM in London, which is, is actually its 100th episode tomorrow. And um, uh, yeah, so yeah, over time, like music has just kind of evolved as I've sort of evolved. Uh, music's kind of um, radio, rather, has been has been there as I've evolved as a sort of DJ, I suppose. Um, and as I've evolved as a DJ, I've started to get booked to play around the world and getting booked to play around the world. I have uh, like visited like cities everywhere, like from South America, all around Europe. I met North America, and every place I visited, they had a sort of community station. Um, even at the end, in many cases, like some of the cities in South America, for example, would be like they'd have ten million people, um, huge, huge cities, and but they'd have a really tiny scene. And Glasgow had the opposite; it had a really strong scene, um, and it had. Uh, I always felt there was something kind of that we should try and like shouting about this more. Like we have this strong scene. When I go away, people would always ask me about like specific people or places in Glasgow and I realised it's like they only have a surface sort of surface knowledge of like the scene in Glasgow. It only like it stops at a certain level and that used to frustrate me because there was like a lot more going on. So that was kind of like the sort of main incentive really to what is trying to like get the radio going. Uh, mostly because of the busy like equivalents that I felt Glasgow didn't have. What would you say was your the like the your favorite out of like the community stations that you you saw while you were like touring. What I liked when I was, I was saying I was in Berlin when they started that uh, station Berlin Community Radio and I really liked it. It was they were very open. Like Berlin had a sort of it's well known for being this kind of like minimal techno sort of sound, uh, but they it seemed that they kind of went out of their way to avoid that almost entirely and had the the involved people from other like parts of the city like artists and all the rest and people who had more an interest in taste in music uh, or at least a different taste in music you, you they would never have like people like um the Bergheim residents on they would they, they could easily have that i'm sure but they kind of shied away from that and i quite like that um where else uh the lot radio uh that was a thing uh, in new york they that was a, a big um 
influence in terms of you know, like sort of creating a community hub kind of idea. Uh, like I was in New York, I'd went, I'd, I'd, I was passing through like a, f- a few times on my travels, and I would do a show there. Um, and they have like an actual like lot. I don't know if you've ever seen like uh, any footage or pictures, but they have like an area you can go uh, and like it's like a hut um, just in the center. Yeah, and out, uh, out the front they have benches. So in the summer, when it's nice, people are like hanging out and stuff like that. I think they have some uh, street parties now and again. Uh, and then they have the sort of like cabin, and yeah, people just go and hang out. And in New York, like people have um, like small apartments, so people are like outside more in general. Um, and this is a place that, although this, yeah, as I say, the city's massive, but I started to meet like. Uh, I start bumping into people just the way you would bump into people in grad school, as you would expect that in a city like grad school. You start to get to know people because you see them regularly, and and the lot the lot radio was like a sort of sort of communal hub kind of idea. Uh, yeah, I, I was mm-hmm. kind of keen to like with the with the with Clyde, but I was keen to kind of have a place like that. It was like a like a place that you could um, encourage more like interaction and it wouldn't just be like a sort of closed off studio somewhere. It was like a place that's a bit more open to uh, the public. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's at least, I'm sure there's others, but that's one that sticks out in mind. What would you say community radio stations allow, you know, that others might not? Because every time I speak to um, new artists or emerging artists, I'm like, you need to go speak to community radio stations or any kind of budding, you know, DJs, presenters. I'm like, this is where you need to be. You need to be at the heart of it. And the heart of it for me is always community radio stations. So for you, what do you think community radio stations allow for that others might not? Uh, I guess, I mean, I'm thinking about this just in mm. terms of Clyde Boat in general, like where things are, because it's still only, we only started in February, so it's still what? like mm. nine ten months old and um we're still i think at a, a period of like like this sort of development stage where people uh, were like and mm. welcoming people in and making them feel like, comfortable making them feel like they're they're um uh, welcome to like the and it's like it's for them um and then yeah, yeah i guess over time it will, there will be more of a sort of period of like allowing experimentation and like development and i know the rest we've had a lot of people on to do shows who I've never done a radio show before, and uh, it's been quite interesting how they each as each show goes by, they're starting to get a bit more confident, and then they're, they're in, in some cases because they're coming from a non radio or a, or even a non music background, uh, they are yeah they don't have a formula in their mm-hmm. head of how a radio show should sound or any kind of structure. So it's quite exciting to see that and hear how that begins to develop and what they might. Yeah, well, how how I don't know how it's good their show is going to sound in a year's time, and that's really exciting. And I guess that's, uh, for example, there's been a couple of people in the last, even just in the last week or two, um, who've started to do more regular shows, and they're beginning to get invited on to do uh, shows for other radio stations in different parts of the world now. So they're beginning to get recognised for having something kind of singular and different um in their own right so talking about kind of different though you you're set up in the barrows market which is amazing uh, like what a great place to put it to your station what made you want to set up there there's a few places that uh claudia myself um uh we looked into it we looked into um like an old toilet i was really like and the council just weren't having it and um no i haven't fully let go of it because i think it's such a like really great spot but yeah it, it just didn't it, like yeah we had this place in mind and like we tried with the council and like city planning and stuff and it was going nowhere uh then it was like another place that we all we were offered and it, it seemed okay but there was like certain terms that felt a bit like 
eh, we're just not sure about this. Um, and as a result of that, we ended up just like, why don't we ask the batters just on the off chance? And then the next thing we know, things started like moving really quickly. Like, the batters were really receptive to us being there. Um, and I think as well, like the, the, the place we'd looked at before, it felt, it felt like there was a, a sort of disconnect between the people running it and the, the people who would in the sort of area itself. Uh, and then the batters, the people we we we're dealing with were, are people who have been working there for like 30 odd years and um they've seen all this sort of change and they're like they're kind of wanting like they're they're encouraging like younger people to come to the area and all this sort of stuff so it felt good that we were getting that support like from the beginning uh and yeah it's just i, I guess we just started at one point and ended up somewhere else and just we were lucky more than anything we didn't really have that in mind to begin with but it's worked out really well yeah well i'm really curious what was the where what was the toilet that you wanted to set it up in? Uh, yeah, it's on, a, it's on like at the corner of uh, Clyde Street and Jamaica Street. Um, just, uh-huh. like, do you know where it is? Do you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you are. Where, where that hostel, like there's a hostel um, just across the street from it. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my God. <laughs> it would be so perfect, right? That would be amazing, right by the, yeah. the Clyde as well. well but, that was, that was actually my mind because my dad used to have an office on Clyde Street uh, and I think he got kicked out on around 2004 and the reason he got kicked out is that the council were like we're going to like redevelop this area and like we're going to turn it into this like promenade and have all these shops and all this sort of stuff and then I moved back to Glasgow a few years ago well I, yeah I moved back to Glasgow a few years ago and I was like wait a minute what happened to these shops at this promenade? <laughs> 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 15 years have gone by and it's still nothing so yeah. i had a bit of, like i had a bit of cockiness or like that like we, this could be a thing and i really we had in my head of how it was all going to plan out and stuff but ugh, yeah yeah they weren't having any of it they were just like yeah we've got, we've got plans and it was, a, it was a bit frustrating because they were saying we've got plans for this area and it's like, well you, it sounds like you've had plans for this area for a long time and it's not really going anywhere like just give us the keys and we can give you them back when you want them back sort of thing but oh well Barra seems like a pretty perfect place to set up anyway. So you've been, yeah, like you said, you've been working in the music industry a long time um, and you founded the label Huntleys and Palmers before you started doing Clyde Built. So I was just wondering, like, in what ways has that experience informed the way that you run the station? Uh, in a few, yeah, there's a few. It's mostly from, I guess, my own experiences of, um, I guess, coming from Glasgow. And as I mentioned earlier, like, I think, I think people in Glasgow like they don't like they're, they're like quite content of uh just like getting on with things and just not like shouting about themselves too much um and that frustrated me like fairly often because there was like so many talented people who live here and they do music just for fun which is which is great of course uh but then i would i moved to london i lived in london for a good few years and it just wasn't that like compared to i made me realize like you're kind of got it lucky like Glasgow spoils other places for you because you think that other places might be bigger and better and have even more going on than in Glasgow and you actually realise that that's not necessarily the case. Um, so that was just this general frustration of like this is a good thing going on. Yeah, I, I, I kind of mentioned before like the radio felt like a good sort of platform for that. Um, about four or five years ago we'd done this like boiler room event um, and it they had... Um, they were chatting to us about venues and up until that point they'd always done uh, these boiler room stream things at the sub club and it's quite determined to show that there was a different side to Glasgow musically and also not the sub club so we ended up doing that at the CCA 
Um, and as a result of that, we had yeah a mixture of people playing, um, but we also done this uh, like clay built compilation. I had moved back. I said I was in Berlin before, and I moved back to Glasgow that previous year, and I'd, I had the idea in my head of doing like a Glasgow only release on the label. I had like in my head, it was like well, there'll be like four people or something like that, five maybe, and then. The longer, like, I was back in Glasgow, I'd be bumping into someone and we'd be chatting and then they'd be sending me something. I'm like, oh, this is so good. This is good as well. Like, getting ridiculous. I don't know what to do here. Just get out of hand. Um, so then this boiler room thing, I realised there's an opportunity to, like, at that point, they used to, they were more, like, generous with like, their SoundCloud and stuff. So they let us do this, comp- together this compilation, which they hosted on their SoundCloud or, like, they'd done something with it. So, like, they had, like, millions of followers. Um, so that was a good way of like trying to get as many producers involved that might not be so known outside of grad school. Yeah, get them get them to do this sort of compilation thing and use the boiler room platform to try and like spread it around as much as possible. Like uh, in terms of the variety of music, uh, the the different range of backgrounds of producers, etc. Um, and that was the first compilation, which was called Clydebilt. Then each year that just became a kind of annual occurrence. We've done one like the, the sort of the sort of concept became like. 20, it was around 20 tracks, 20 artists, um, and each one, I, again, the longer I lived in Glasgow, the more people got to know and more people were doing things. So every year, like, there was a whole new 20 people. And I was like, there's going to be a point where we're, I know everyone now and it's ran out and there's going to be, like, we're going to have to, like, I was thinking, like, we'll get these collaborations, people remix each other, something along those lines. And then that didn't, every year there was just another 20 new people or, or however many sometimes more sometimes less and i think it was always more it just got bigger and bigger and then i think the last one i forget how how many it was but it was like the biggest yet so yeah yeah that was that's it's probably about 100 tracks or 100 hours at that point um and then the majority of them have been doing shows on the radio since i guess the radio is now I did feel a frustration with the compilations because they were fairly limited in scope like it only showed like one side of an artist or a project of like this is how one thing sounds but in many cases he'd be sending me like five ten tracks and they were all really different and i was just choosing the one that i thought would fit best but it wasn't like a full uh, like reflection of the sort of project as a whole or anything like that so radio always felt like a more like elaborate platform that people could be a bit more like could develop more i guess mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense um you sort of mentioned earlier how you're frustrated about you know people in Glasgow who are super talented, but they don't want to like share about themselves and stuff. And, you know, Clyde Built is like, it feels like really long awaited platform for like up and coming talent. Why do you think it's taken so long for like this kind of space to pop up in Glasgow, despite having such a thriving music scene and like a sense of community that exists in Glasgow? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought, I've, I've thought for years that there should be something like this and I kind of just, hoped someone else would do it because <laughs> I, I just assumed someone would do it and I, I just, it just it got to a point I'm like oh, come on like this like yeah what's happening what's happening here I don't really know the answer um I have been thinking about that just in terms of just like the sort of uh, uh like the options we have for like going out and things like that they are still fairly limited in scope and I think we kind of maybe yeah, there's like a kind of almost like acceptance of like, well this is the sort of place we'll do a party or that's it like there's not like a like in other states I've been to like you go to parties and like old office blocks and like there's lots of like mm-hmm. freedom around the city itself like people there's like a bit of a creativity in how people like interact with the city and like how they make it more um I guess fun or enjoyable to live in and I feel like sometimes in grad school we um like all right well if you're going to put on a party these are like the list of venues you can do one in um mm-hmm. 
so on. And I guess that kind of maybe applies to there not being a radio. It just it just felt like well we've got something. It's yeah I don't I, I don't know. It's I'm not really sure exactly. I, I'm interested though just to go back to something that you you mentioned earlier about you know you've said that you've worked in London and you you've been in Berlin as well and you've seen loads of different places and that comment you said about thinking somewhere bigger might have more to offer so that and then you realize you're quite spoiled with Glasgow so I'm, I'm quite interested to know you know how is the Glasgow music scene different from the other places you've worked and and maybe even winding that out to the Scottish music scene I suppose well to give you the sort of best example is like I started to realize the longer I lived in London there's probably like maybe I could probably count on between uh, I could, it, would be, it wouldn't be like two it would, be, it would be more than two hands or two to ten fingers the amount of like venues I would go to regularly um whereas in Glasgow they I could just think of them off the top of my head like straight away like there was enough like Glasgow had as many places I would go to and although London had other things going on it wasn't really yeah there just wasn't as much variety as I thought there would be that was still quite limited and I, there's other reasons for that I think like London's like a big city rent is high opening up a club isn't so easy etc but yeah Glasgow just felt stronger and yeah I don't I don't I, do, I guess because things are like the rent is cheaper so people don't need to have a stress out about a job so they have a bit more time maybe to be creative um in Glasgow, I guess this quite often, like the weather is, I think it's got to be a factor. I mean, if you think apart from music itself, like the amount of people who, I think it's almost every year, someone from the tour that gets nominated from the Turner Prize that's either lived or studied in Glasgow. Um, so there's, yeah, something on the water, I guess. You're listening to the Off The Record podcast and our guest this week is Andrew. If you are enjoying the podcast series, don't forget to subscribe, share, tell everyone all about it. Get in touch with us on our socials, which is at OTR Scott on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can also visit the website at uh, www.otrscott.com. I am really enjoying this chat. And do you know what my favourite part was? When he was like, there's no place at home. We are so spoiled <laughs> for great music in Scotland. And that is a fact. Not just music, the great venues, the great music scene. No place like home. So true. Literally. it's We're so spoiled. Um, I also love the bit where he was saying, like, before they were planning on, like, where they were figuring out where to put the station, they were going to put that in, in the toilet, like, really? by the climb. I was like, I know exactly oh. the spot you're talking about. And <laughs> that would have been amazing. But the Barrens oh. is obviously equally iconic. So, <laughs> um, oh, so cool. you, you can make radio anywhere, guys. Anywhere. Even a toilet. But don't. Please don't. Please <laughs> Definitely don't. go for the Barrens <laughs> if you've got that option. <laughs> but so, so cool. And actually, just just seeing how like that that perspective of kind of going away getting to know kind of like music in different places artists in different places and kind of actually realizing because it's so easy for us to think that other places might be more spoiled than us you know or they might have more mm -hmm. than what we do and i think actually going away and getting that experience and that perception of seeing music and the music culture in other places really can kind of bring it back home and you can be like well i know what i'm bringing back with me i know what like my contribution is going to be Totally. Um, and part two, we've got amazing stuff coming up. Talks, Andrew talks a lot about the programming um, and lockdown challenges with Clyde Built, um, highlights, working with like a younger group of people and collaborating. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Well, the programming on Clyde Built is very community focused um, and you're also showcasing bigger names as well. But 
it blows my mind that you've started this in lockdown. So has, has programming been more challenging in lockdown or have you found it that there's more demand for people either wanting to host shows or actually just wanting to find new outlets of, of radio and, and music and content? Uh, a bit of all of the above, really. Um, I mean, we only, we'd only been, we only had the studio open for like six weeks before lockdown happened. So we were just beginning to find our feet in terms of inviting the people on that we were hoping to involve and stuff like that. And then I guess lockdown, in, in some ways it made it easier. And I'm, I'm feel because the studio's sh shut again, um, it's, it is a bit easier in terms of like managing, like shows arrive, like it's a bit more automated in terms of people send the shows and you kind of have to plan it around like, the schedule and stuff, but it's, it's not so, um, uh, whereas with the studio, where the studio is open, you're, there's a lot of um, working around people's availability to actually come to the studio, and there's a lot more sort of like planning around other people's lives. Whereas in lockdown, it's a bit more. This is a time we need to get it, and this is a time it goes out, and it's a bit sim it's, a, it's simplified a little bit. Um, um, in terms of yeah, giving people yeah, it definitely helped. I think it, it allowed us one of the cool things. I think that it allowed us to approach people who had never, as I mentioned, hadn't done a show before. Um, and everyone had the same like everyone was on the same like level, like playing field that you could be like a big established DJ or you could have never done a radio show in your life. But you basically had like four to five options to record a show at home. Everyone who had a laptop, yeah. So it meant it was everyone was kind of. There was, it meant it, was, it made it a bit more like democratic or accessible, I guess. Um, mm. And yeah, we, like, even even now when we approach people who haven't done shows, it's like we've done like don't worry about it. Like in some cases, people were surprised to be asked, and then like as soon as they'd done it, they were like buzzing and they're like, "I'll blink up the next one." I really loved that and all the rest of it. So that that was that was that was quite a common thing that began to happen. Um, yeah, we now have a bit of confidence that when we approach other people, we because there's a bit of uncertainty at the beginning, but now it's became a bit more like established in terms of what people can know. I think people also were like, "Oh well, I'm not a DJ, DJ," so they would be a bit um, hesitant to get involved. And over time, that's got a bit easier because people can see well actually it's a bit more open yeah definitely i think that's one of the advantages with like doing community radios there's so much more space to be more experimental with your programming or like ha make room for everyone in all different kinds of shows that maybe you don't get as yeah, much absolutely. i think that that was a thing i also found a bit frustrating i mean i have a, I've, I've had a broad um interest in music um since i was since i was like a wee guy so yeah even with a the label there's there's some uh there's some restrictions with that like you, you can only i mean the, the the music i release is is pretty broad as it is but it still feels fairly limited in what you can do with radio it can be you can have like any kind of thing on so yeah it's, it's pretty cool and, and i think that it will still we'll, we'll, over time we'll start adding more like kind of less music and more like spoken word panelly kind of things and stuff like that as well more talk sort of stuff hopefully so that would be pretty cool yeah that'd be really exciting um yeah because you actually did a broadcast dedicated to the black lives matter movement which was curated by our first guest that was on the podcast talia um so i was wondering like why do you think it's important for people in the music industry with bigger platforms like clyde built to highlight wider political issues I mean, I guess like we for Clydebelt, we wanted to represent as many people as possible from all different kinds of backgrounds. I mean, I think representation is in general important. Like, I think when you start to see 
other people who look like you, sound like you, um, or have the same sort of taste in music as you, like you feel that that, that can like uh, I guess empower you or make you feel like you could you could there's a place for you there too I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's so so for any sort of political thing that's came along. I think we've adapted to it slightly. Um, there's been a few shows. Uh, a girl, uh, Lady Neptune, was doing during lockdown, and she would like involved. Uh, like uh, she done a show specifically to what was going on in Brazil and what was going on in uh, Chile, and it was like you can kind of uh, react to things that are happening like globally, which was um, which is pretty. Good. There isn't any kind of there was enough freedom in the schedule that you didn't have to have things like booked up and planned like really far ahead. You could just make space um, in the schedule and like prioritize uh, prioritize something like that. As with the the Black Lives Matter thing, we had a schedule lined up for that weekend, and we kind of like pulled that and gave Talia the spot to like do her thing. I suppose that also connects with the idea, though, going back not just thinking about political stuff but actually just like you said giving a platform to voices that don't normally have a platform to be heard on and you know really kind of encouraging diversity and giving them these opportunities that they wouldn't necessarily get perhaps at other types of stations i guess yeah i mean it's i think we we will we'll continue to have it as broad as we can uh, mostly just because i think it's, it's more interesting it's a more interesting listen and and yeah there is a there is a lot. There's there's loads of diversity all around Scotland, um, and maybe maybe for for too long there's, it, that hasn't been put out there on, on like certain platforms, and that's beginning to change. I've noticed a bit more within like Scottish. I mean, music media in general, but then also the media in Scotland are starting to yeah, they're starting to like make it more of a, a more of an effort, I guess, to prioritise other people. Um, like or or diversity in general, they're more aware of it, which is a good thing. I'm quite interested because you you did start this in lockdown, and that in itself is a challenge. You've highlighted some of those challenges, but I'm curious to know what have been the highlights and challenges since setting it up. Maybe in a more creative sense, what have been kind of the big creative highlights and the big creative challenges? Because we know te- technology wise, you've not had much time in the studio, so those have probably all been quite challenging as it is. But I'm sure there was other kind of more creative challenges and highlights that you faced. I think the thing that we probably as a, as a team, because there's, there's a there's a whole bunch of us now. I'd say I'd say about it varies depending on people's availability and like who's doing what. But I, I would say there's between like five and eight of us um, all like helping out. And I would say because we haven't all been able to meet up regularly, that's been quite difficult. Just because we all have. I mean, I get like we have. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. Being able to communicate and just through like apps starts to get. I mean, as as everyone is probably feeling it at the moment, like texting. I'm I'm finding it like a total nightmare to text anyone or text anyone back right now. It's, it's such a struggle because it just feels more. You're not meeting people so regularly, so it just feels more like a maybe a, a limitation. It just feels like it's the only thing you've got is to communicate is like through your phone, and then that's probably not so healthy. So for us as a team, that's that's quite it has been kind of challenging to not see each other regularly and and conversations always go better like in person or like face to face or whatever and it's been difficult in some cases some of the people like team members haven't even met each other met each other that sounds that sounds really daft but i don't think i think that's the case like there was there was a few points where we were able to have meetings um and then they, they changed the sort of like the we've been kind of moving in and out between the different um restrictions so yeah there's, there's been a lot of people who haven't been able to meet each other like We've, we've definitely not all been together as a team at all yet at this point. So that's been challenging, I think. Um, but at the same time, I guess technology has allowed us, in spite of all that 
two keep in touch with each other and things are like moving along. What would you say was your biggest highlight so far? Uh, honestly, I, I don't even know, not in a kind of trying to get over it sort of way, but I don't even know. I mean, like so many cool shows. I'd say the thing, just the highlight in a general sense, as, as I mentioned before, is, is the people who didn't feel like they could do a, like radio wasn't for them or, or whatever. Like they didn't think that they had a interesting point of view and then began to realise that they did and then and watching them develop. I'd, I'd say for me that's probably the, the biggest highlight. Uh, I mean, I guess an obvious one is the, when we done the, when we went into lockdown the first time when we had um, Optimal done like a, a late night party and that was like fun just because like no one really knew what was going on at that point. It was like total novelty. So all around the world, the world just went straight into lockdown. We had Optimal playing. They had all their pals around the world listening in and, and we've got a map and it had kind of lit up the listeners all in every pretty much every country like it was really that's cool, so yeah. cool um so that just felt like i just that would be memorable i think just because it just was like as everyone remembers that sort of frantic week of like what's going to happen now and everything like that, that there was some kind of level of like comfort or something i guess um everyone was on like the chat room chatting to each other and it did feel like the next day it felt like uh you'd been up you'd been out to a party you'd what sets us apart is um, like I've mostly done things on my own. Uh, I've definitely have the, like, each release is like collaborative, and a lot of events are collaborative. And there's like in some cases they're like very long running. Some of the things I've been involved in, but this is like the brought like the the most amount of collaborators uh, collaborators I've worked with. And um, yeah, even like for last night, for example. Uh, we were getting sort of like the merch together and like we're chatting talking over over like discord and it just means it, it just gives a different uh sort of confidence i guess like you i mean as i say we I, i've never run a radio station don't really know what i'm doing but having another a group of people who are also in it together and we sort of reach a consensus there's just a a, a level of confidence that this um uh, yeah you feel like you're moving in the, like a, a good direction that's been discussed we've kind of like explored all the possibilities and this is like right this is what we've agreed on this is a much better feeling than i've ever had before it removes a lot of uncertainty also kind of has a bit of challenge though working with like other people especially actually you know you, if you're working with young people as well you're coming with a bit of experience behind you so how do you kind of navigate how do you balance that you know, kind of bringing all that experience and working with people who have fresh new ideas who maybe aren't as experienced as you? I think where I would say that where with my experience comes a confidence and, and like I maybe have like a sort of a, a, a less or more of a fear of failure. Like I'm not, not too scared about things not working out the way you might hope or whatever. So I guess that balances out people who have like new ideas and they don't know. If, how it's going to go and just let's let's just try it see what happens um like what's the worst that can happen and i guess that's kind of where we'll and also i think having a bit of an idea having visited different radio stations and stuff in the past and having an idea of roughly where this could go and what direction then i have a yeah like there's a, a sort of quiet confidence that we'll get there eventually and not like not to give up and just and, and i think yeah I, I i think a lot of that just comes with age like you when you yeah when you're younger like the idea and this ties back to different things about uh, producers and everything else or even just people doing shows like the idea of um putting yourself out there is like a really scary thing or, or failing or getting it might not go the way you want to like 
it's all it's fine, really. Like what's worse can happen. So I guess, but I can only say this with experience and having. In some cases, things have went. It seemed like the disaster. Like my life was going to end, and actually, the next thing, like it opened up this door to something else that I had had no, I'd never even considered. And looking back on it, if that what it seemed a disaster at the time hadn't happened, then this thing wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, there's, and, and looking back, I guess, on my life so far, there's just seasons of that. You just have to keep on going. Definitely. I think that is a really good point to make. Yeah, because I think a lot of people that will listen to this podcast are like, it is aimed at like 16, 25 year olds who are looking to get involved in the music industry. And it is quite good to know just like, yeah, just try it. And if it doesn't work out, it's fine. It'll lead you to something else. Like, don't be scared to just do it. What advice do you think you'd give someone who wants to set up their own radio station or even just like get involved in radio? Um, And do you think you have to be based in like a big city like Glasgow to do that? Uh, the, the advice I always give people is just do it like like I'd, I'd never ran a radio station before like we're still learning as we go along and we'll uh, continue to learn like it's it's, it's total like uh, but I, my experience with anything in music is and I guess maybe to go back to what I was saying I, I, there is a sort of underlying a sort of feeling of frustration I have with certain people where they and I've, I've just started a new show on the station myself um which is called not just chat and the idea is to like talk to people who about like the, how they started out with music mostly music but also had someone who'd started a restaurant that we other people mm-hmm. of interest as well but i think there is an idea and i guess it maybe is tied into representation too but you i think um i think in, maybe in scotland you have this feeling of like things aren't for you or like these things can't come mm-hmm. to you or whatever and it's, it really is just a case of make it doing it like uh, uh, the example i was using of like people doing shows and they, they they hadn't done one before and then they start to find like oh i actually can do this and then as a result there's like as people can see that they're doing something that's like unique and interesting and then they start to get um attention and, and it's, it's just once you start making anything happen it'll just start to mm-hmm. take off um i mean as i say like we when we started i had a good feeling of like we're the station might go in the direction it might go to, but at the same time, had no idea. We didn't know a lockdown was going to happen. We didn't know, couldn't have predicted a lot of this. Um, but yeah, I think the the best best advice, and it just sounds so obvious, but really is, and probably annoying, like cliched or whatever, but just doing it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And in terms of like, it would not being in a major city, I don't think that's a problem either. Like we. You could easily like the internet. The internet makes the world a much smaller place. Well, I think on on that kind of idea, you said there you had an idea of where you thought it could go, and obviously it went a little bit different. I suppose where do you what do you think the future holds for Clyde Built Radio? Uh, well, I think if anything this year has taught us all that you can plan for anything, you just need to let it happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. There's there's like things eventually we'll start doing like seven days a week broadcasting i think we're now at four um there will be like hopefully we'll be able to start doing events again or events full stop like we literally had we planned our first like fundraising party for like i think it was mark just reminded the other day was like i don't know if this is going to happen so yeah hopefully uh, yeah that i'm looking forward to that kind of thing we'll be able to start doing events and i think the idea with the radio in general was to it would sort of complement real life like you would do um, if you had a like the idea of having a studio and a sort of communal hub thing as i mentioned was that people would come they might not necessarily know each other then they would it spark a bit of like 
mutual interest and then they'd see these people out and about and meet them in clubs or wherever like around town but then radios became it's, it's like it's it's became like maybe the only source of connection for a lot of people like over lockdown and that's been nice to kind of help if it has we've had a few quite a lot of people have said it has helped them keep them sane it's like i think to as we back to a previous question you asked but it helps people feel like connected to people that they don't even people who you don't necessarily see often or even if you don't even listen to the show just seeing that picture of someone familiar on social media makes you feel a bit more like um uh, like a bit more connected i guess and yeah there was also the people who had a platform to do shows and have like be creative like that kind of helped them get by too definitely well i'm excited for future cloud build events um yep uh thank you so much for coming on the podcast andrew so good to chat to you Oh, that was great. I love chatting to Andrew about Cloudbuilt because it's what well, it is one of my favorite community radio stations and I love listening to it because there's so many names that you recognize in the scene that are on the show and it's like, it is that weird thing of being like, oh, I recognize that person. They've done so, so many exciting things. Um, and even like the point he made about seeing people get better and think that they couldn't get into radio they didn't think they had like a unique perspective on something but seeing them get more and more confident with the presenting is really like sweet to hear as well um I love that and like even myself like I've done shows on Clyde Belt Radio and that was in lockdown for me it was like such a good thing to like you feel like you had all this like creative like pent-up stuff that you just wanted to do and like Clyde Belt is always looking for people with fun ideas to have shows on so you should definitely just submit an idea to Clyde Belt they're always wanting people to have shows and you know make some exciting stuff that's that's the thing and that's the beauty of um, community radio stations so whatever you are you know, in Scotland, you know, try and reach out to your local community radio station. And actually, if there's not one, well, look at Andrew, set up your own, give a platform to voices like yours that might not be heard. It's your chance to do it. We are living in such a great day and age where we have got the power to make radio anywhere. So take the opportunity Mm -hmm. and do it, even if it is going to be in a bathroom literally like like the point you said like the internet makes the world a much smaller place and it's so true (laughs) so so true and thinking about small small place we have got some more fantastic and talented guests coming up from the scottish music industry please click subscribe you don't want to miss what's coming up next we are very very excited about it as we are with all of our fantastic guests but a big big thank you to andrew and don't forget to subscribe, get in touch with us on Instagram on OTR Scott. Uh, same with our website, it's otrscott.com. Uh, yeah, you'll and subscribe to us on Spotify as well so you're notified when new episodes come on. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Off the record is produced with support from Creative Scotland, Youth Music Initiative, PRS Foundation in association with Youth Music, the Academy of Music and Sound, EMU Bands and the Association of Independent Music.